Hi guys, welcome to the new episode of The Less Pod with me, Bo, to you. and our guest, all the way from across the road. Osama, hello. That sounds so stealth, fam. <laughs> that sounds so stealth. Well, bro. that is the whole purpose of today. I know, isn't I know, it? I know. Well, yeah. look, for the next hour and a bit, we're going to be picking the brains of one of, well, most talented players I know. On and off the pitch. I heard he has a good right punch. One of our old captains will know that. Uh, we're going to dive a bit into religion, a bit into sports, and a bit into prejudice. And if life. that's okay, would you? Yeah, very much so. Before we start this... He plays for Jamaica. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it looks more like a wannabe Wally, like Wallabies shirt. Do you know what I mean? Like a, yep. Like an Australia thing. That's what we were saying when we got given yeah. it. Yeah. He's not gifting it to us, like but it him. is. Mm. Let's just cover his face up here. Yeah, this is the guest <laughs> for the next hour. One uh, my shirt. Your, just, mm. just your shirt. Just your shirt. I yes. didn't want to frame that one. That's, that, that's, I have to pick out that at the back of my cupboard. <laughs> that's just hiding there. Mm. So you know what? Let's start it nice and easy. First of all, yeah. How do we know Osama? We we played rugby with him at Wasps. Yeah, I mean nice. I mean Buens. I live just there. <laughs> you live yeah. just there, opposite. And I've never been in your house before. Yeah, I've never been in your house either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, but yeah. No, but we played rugby together at Wasps. These two have gone on to other things. I'm still there. But yeah. Oh, so Osama and I played rugby together. What well, you're one year below me, aren't you? Or is it two? No, more than that. How old are you? I'm 25. I turned 23 last month. Oh, so, so two years. Yeah, two uh, school years. Two school yeah. years. Uh, you played at Wasps, and you also went to my alma mater, uh, Loughborough University. Where did you go? Loughborough University. Oh, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> Henceforth, <laughs> I said my alma mater. Uh, I thought you said something else. Never no, mind. no Yeah, worries. you did go to Loughborough. I remember that. And... Yeah, let's start from the very beginning. Let's go. You know what? Where are you from? What country are you from? Etc. That kind of stuff. But the most important question, what's your favourite fruit? What's my favourite fruit? That's a dead question, bruv. Do you know what? Because I've been going to Pakistan a lot recently. I have to say them Pakistani mangoes. Oh. They are so good. Like, when what what <laughs> differentiates them from a normal mango? I mean, the mangoes you get at Tesco's... Oh no, we don't talk about those ones. Talk about the ones you get from uh, like the Arabic shops down the road. Do you know what? A lot of them they get them shipped from Pakistan or India, so mm. so like it's just the same, but they've travelled. Oh, <laughs> so like all of us. Yeah, basically. Us three, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but then the ones there, they're just. Do you know what it's because they know there which ones are the nice ones, which ones aren't. Yeah. So when I go shopping there, or when I go to like a mango store, my cousins will know which ones to pick out, like which ones are the nice ones. It's the which skill. Which ones aren't ripe yet? Which ones need to be like put in the fridge for a bit? Which ones need to be frozen oh. for a bit? The, f- the fruit question was deeper than I thought. Joy is <laughs> it's the skill that every like foreigner has. When you're like born in London, you know, like you're gonna go Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, be like, oh, you know, these are good fruit. And then a foreigner comes on, he's like, nah, this is, this is crap. Let me take you to the good place. They take you to like the back alley shops, right? Where you have like people putting random boxes on. You're like, oh, what's this? Why is there a spider on the fruit? I'm scared. Mm. And he's like, see this fruit? This is a good fruit. You, know you look at it, you're like, it looks like a normal fruit. You taste it. The best fruit you've ever had in your life. Mm. So I want to do a little icebreaker. I'm kind of stealing this icebreaker from another show. 
Big up them. I think it's from figuring it out, but I'm not 100% sure. It could be them or another, but if it is, whoever's it is, big up figuring out and whatnot. But yeah, so basically, if we were to, if someone was to make a movie of your life, yeah? Yeah. What would be like the starting credits? What would be the opening scene of the movie of your life? The opening scene of the movie... I mean, a lot of first scenes start with context, don't they? So it'd have to be, I don't know, probably when I started playing rugby when I was little. There's probably mm. nothing else interesting before that, you know what I mean? Like, it was just me being a little kid playing with my little brother and sister, that's it. Mm. But, I don't know. I mean, my dad's from Brown and we used to go, before I started, like, nursery and stuff, we used to go to Birmingham a lot, uh, like, before I started school and that. So okay. maybe a scene of us in Birmingham or like traveling to Birmingham or like being at my grandparents' house in Birmingham, something like that. Nothing interesting, just a little context scene. Would it be like an episode, like an episode of Star Wars where you have just like the context the credits and you just, just spend five minutes reading? It's just it like <laughs> slowly reading and you're like, you hold X just to fast forward it all the way. It turns like, this is where I am. No, you've got to read it. Do you not read it when you watch Star Wars? Do you know what it is? Because I've played Star Lego Star Wars so many times, I always just like press X to go past it faster. Know, that's right, that's right. Uh, I, I read it to be fair more time. But yeah, no. Nah. I didn't read it when I was a youth though. Couldn't read when I was a youth. So Still can't. Do, maybe maybe like in a nice way you could say you you, you could do like a, a car journey and you talk, it's you in Birmingham and then it's like all the way to London playing at Wasps or some, yeah. some, some something like that. Like. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So... Yeah, so you grew up where? I grew up here. I grew up in London, West yeah. London to be exact. I'm like a bit more deeper, Acton, Elin. Yeah, yeah. And um, ethnicity? Well, I'm Pakistani. I mean, the shirt oh, makes it look okay. like I might be Jamaican or Australian, but I am indeed Pakistani. Pakistani, okay. So let's just get straight into it. How did you get into rugby? So my dad played rugby when he was like back in back in school when he was a young adult he obviously obviously back then there was a lot of racism on brown people because it was coming out of the it was coming out of the whole racism in, of black people into the racism of brown people because they were just coming to this country so mm. he was one of one of very few brown people that would play rugby so he enjoyed the sport and continued and when i turned 6 and i could, was allowed to start playing he took me down to Wasps and yeah, we got started. So far we found out Osama started playing rugby before uh, Tarek or myself. Cause I only started when I was about 12 or f 12. Tarek started when he was about 24. So 24. I'm, not, I'm not even that old yet. Yeah. Worst man. <laughs> <laughs> so Osama has a lot more experience of playing rugby yeah. than Tarek and myself. And so tell us how the development of you starting at six years old going into secondary school playing rugby was so obviously you know back in those days when you're younger there wasn't you weren't allowed to do lifts in line outs yeah i mean when i was seven it started at tag we were playing tag until we were, what nine years old you start contact oh you started when you were 12 right so it was like it was tag <laughs> rugby six seven eight like under six under sevens under eights and then under nines we start doing contact with no, I think it's just contact. And then under 10s, we start doing three-man scrums. And lifting doesn't actually come until we're under 16s. Yeah, I know. That's, I, rem I remember the days I used to just literally stand there and jump as 
That's just swore it backwards. I was throwing the lowest lineups I've ever thrown in my life. So. <laughs> hey, you just projectile them straight there. It's no, fine. And whoever gets it first gets it. No tactics. And you're just there like, look, it's not my fault he's taller than you. Like, you know, <laughs> what do you want me to do? So, um, how was it? Because obviously you played in school. Yeah. How was it different playing in school and playing in a club that you grew up in from when you were six? Well, I mean, I went to Twyford, so our home ground was at Wasps. Yeah. yeah. Our home ground was at Wasps, so my all my home games were at Wasps. Like, yeah. regardless. Dutty. Dutty school. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, it was different because obviously Wasps had a bit more structure to it. So, obviously, we had a few parent coaches, namely my father, who would well i mean there was a league structure there was yeah league matches and training at specific times whereas at school so i for the state school so not many people were into rugby and yeah we kind of just had to make a scrap team trained once every term and the only games we actually got given were cup games so we got entered into middlesex cup or plate and if you're knocked out you get one game in the whole year <laughs> well i remember when Two years above you, uh, we actually played Twyford quite often. They must have been better than us. We wouldn't have played Gunnersbury. Oh no! My year, my year, they would have beaten us very handsomely. Yeah, nah, don't, don't say that. They've we've both plummeted down into the abyss of just not playing rugby that well. Like, what was it? I saw a recent Instagram post, and you know those old school teed. Obviously, don't know, but uh, back in the days the rugby kits when you're like not in the first team for state schools was just like a PE kit and the PE kit for Gunnersbury yeah. was a thick cotton like jumper. The one the one that like the new age hipsters are wearing oh, and like yeah. start spot like you know oh, basically yeah, a sweatshirt yeah, yeah, yeah. like thick With blue color. proper like mm, a dark not even niche fat blue P-H-A-T fat blue and the shorts, the classic thick rugby shorts that you have. And it's like, you know, that was just your PE kit, but that was also your rugby kit. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, I saw, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, images of the year nines play. I'm like, bro, why are they wearing that kit? Don't we have funding for, like, new stuff? And he's like, nah, they're still using the kit you guys bought, like, seven years ago for the first team. I was like, fair enough. Yeah, no, nah, honestly, I've seen, I've seen, like, social sides have better, like, strategies to get kit. Yeah. versus state schools state schools love to save their money don't they and then a state school would go to like a cup or like a tournament or like a sevens thing and they'd be there stuck with like you know half the team not wearing anything matching and then they'd come to like St. Benedict's or like Carnal Vaughan or like all the posh schools coming in all the private schools public schools everything like that Having kit bags, having, you know, having that one England under 18 player, having Beats headphones on his head, walking through. You're like, that guy can't be a kid. Talking about that, have you ever, like, met someone that you looked at whilst you were playing your under 14s, under 15s, or under 16s? You looked at them, you're like, you can be a professional rugby player for all I know right now, and I'm being punked. I mean, I've played against some big lads. But do you know what? The skill set of everyone is similar at that age. Like, everyone kind of just learns the same way, plays at the same level. You don't really advance your skill set until you get a bit older. But, I mean, yeah, some of the big blokes are scary, especially when they can run fast. <laughs> well, it's when you're like, oh, you weigh 120 kilograms. You're not that fast. Like, oh, shit. Why is my man running? 
a 12 second 100 meter? Nope. What kind of challenges did you face playing rugby growing up as a youth? As a youth. So, oh, in my age group at Wasps, we we had a very diverse team. So we kind of just gathered a lot of, I mean, it came by chance a little bit and then a little bit of recruiting, but we had a predominantly like brown, black and like Arab sort of team. And we obviously went up to, obviously it was Hearts Middlesex Leagues and we used to go up to Hertfordshire a lot. And obviously those guys are predominantly white teams, been brought up around white people. And we did have a few racial incidents mm. which caused the some more hot-headed players in our team to react in talking a way. about yourself yeah do you know what at that age i was a bit younger not i mean i wasn't i wasn't mellow but there were <laughs> other people who had different upbringings to me who if mm. someone said something to them they would grab the nearest yeah. thing as a weapon kind of vibe do you know what i mean yeah i hear you and I hear you. that's that's not me i just mouth off but yeah <laughs> but yeah so you had to kind of keep a leash on those people mm. and sometimes people would say something and we'd have to put complaints in mm. because of racism which was i mean not ideal was it how did that affect your experience and did it make you feel like playing more or less or honestly we we really didn't care we just it happened it happened like it got sorted and then next next thing next game like these these lads just loved playing rugby hitting people mm. so they just wanted to and it was good for them as well to get away from get away from the other stuff they were doing in their free time so mm. the fact that we were actually playing rugby in some of their free time meant they weren't on the roads during the other parts of their free yeah. time so yeah even for like a social game such as rugby you know people say like oh you just go to rugby and the one side of it is, as an adult, you see it as like you go to rugby, you socialize with your mates, you can decide to go get uh, get pissed up, going drinks and stuff like that. But as a young adult, you know, sports was always there like a regiment to kind of help youngers get through hard times. But mm. growing up, obviously, because of who you are now, you don't drink, do you? I don't know. Whilst growing up, did you kind of have a negative, like, did did it negatively impact you? The fact that growing up, getting to 18, you're like, wow, rugby's literally just filled with people just like going out, getting massively pissed on drugs, uh, recreationals, everything after a game. And you're like, how is this a professional thing when I'm here watching 95% of my teammates get literally wrecked after a rugby game? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, keep myself out of that stuff which can be kind of detrimental because say they're having a social but they're going to a bar i'm like sorry i can't come or we're going to a social to do this or sorry i can't make it i'm religiously can't do that and it kind of just puts you out of touch with your team a little bit i'm having that issue at my new club where i do want to spend time and get to know my new teammates but then again i'm not gonna put my dean to the side not to gonna compromise your not religion gonna compromise my religion to i mean even at wasps i you, you you guys know i don't come out when to the socials and stuff and like people wanted to watch the rugby world cup at the pubs and stuff and on the mm. chat but yeah i can't do that sorry mm. and wouldn't know about that i'm not in the rugby group chat you might have. You've left I, it. I, I left it a while i was like guys i'm turning over a new leaf i'm leaving i'm happy i did though some of the stuff i've seen in the group chat vile 
Oh, no, that, yeah, he posted something weird. Was posted today. That's weird was posted today. That was that was <laughs> horrid. Literally, oh, all I see, all I see is screenshots. I'm just uh, like, thank God it's a screenshot. Okay, don't have to press it. It's like I'm not gonna press this one. It's because of rugby group chats. I had to turn off safe the camera all on WhatsApp. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't it's mind. So I wouldn't mind getting like like dumb rugby or political like memes sent to me every other day that's fine but it's just the videos and you're so like something random and you know the worst thing is like you watch the, like you see one of the videos you're there like I, I don't know if this actually happened at the rugby club or not it just seems too real yeah yeah because obviously okay now let's get from being a minor being from being under 18s to going to uni Wait, before 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 we go there, I want to talk a bit about from being a minor to being an adult and playing senior rugby a little bit. To, yeah, okay, okay. So, under 18s, playing Colts and potentially playing first team men's at Wasps. Yeah. So my year 13, I was obviously that was probably our biggest year in rugby because obviously that whole that whole youth side that we had was coming together. We had maybe five or six players playing for Middlesex. We had four players playing at Wasps Academy, one at Irish Academy. And it's like, we had a very good side for a very mixed, mixed group of players. And yeah, I mean, I was asked to play for Wasps 2s in year 13. And I thought, we thought, why not? They, they need numbers. Why don't a few of us go and play for them? So I think six of us made our debuts for Wasps 2s. And that was cracking. I mean, we won, I, I remember it to this day, we won 17-7 against Witten and I scored twice, which was great. And I thought, all right, so I can make the move to men's rugby. And because I turned 18 quite early, I'm a September baby, I could play front row. So I played hooker, which was also ideal. Playing with like a lot, playing with grown men who jump a lot higher. Like That actually jump. That actually, what? I mean, no, to be fair, we had, we had a, like a six foot four lad who would jump at the front for us and he I could get him quite high but but then when you get to actual men like they just get each other higher as well because they obviously they can actually lift they, they can actually lift mm. there you go and um yeah I mean I made my twos debut made my ones debut a few weeks later and I was playing men's and Colts rugby in year 13 plus school plus Middlesex so yeah there's a lot of rugby going on for me that at that age yeah so how did you get into Middlesex actually so Middlesex starts when youth starts, which is under 13s. Okay. So I got into Middlesex under 13s and I also got into Wasps DPP. So like the Wasps like development player program. Okay. So I was part of both of those and playing. And then under 14s, I got dropped from both, which oh, was unfortunate. How, how did you take that? How, how was that? It was something that I didn't think should have happened. And there was a lot of, so it was kind of when Wasps were moving from London to Cove. So mm. London Irish took over the whole Middlesex area. So the London Irish coaches came, bringing the London Irish boys, and there was a lot of bias towards those lads. So I had to sit out a year, and then under 15s, I didn't get in again. But then my dad was just like, that's not fair. Mm. And There has to be something wrong. And he was like, there's something wrong. They brought me in, and then I ended up starting at hooker for Middlesex just because they saw me play. And mm. all the bias got taken out the window. So then 15s, 16s, I was playing Middlesex, 16s, and I was still playing DPP, 15 as well. And then 16, it got to actual Wasps Academy, and I didn't get in. And from, from I mean, that was fair enough. Like, there's a lot of good lads. I mean, it's, like, it's, a, mass it's a massive step up going mm. from Middlesex County, 
DPP to then going into academy because academy is basically full time. And it's like three, whereas DPP was just in Middlesex, whereas when it goes to academy, all the Wasps regions come together. So Buckinghamshire, Oxfordshire, mm. like all those lads come into one big Wasps academy squad under 16s. So then I was playing Middlesex from 16, 17, 18, trying to get back into the academy. But I it was difficult because also I was a bit of an idiot. I moved to centre. So I was trialling as a centre and they had four centres and told me that I was the fifth choice. So if someone got injured, they would bring me in. But then we all kind of realistically knew that I'm not a centre, am I? I'm not tall enough and hooker was my position. So I went back to hooker at 17 and just carried on there. Well, I'm pretty sure you still have the skill set to play centre. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've, 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 I've seen you. <laughs> I've seen you. I've seen you play. I've seen you. I've seen your kicking. I've seen your passing. I've seen everything there. And I'll be honest, a lot of the time when we did play together at Wasps, uh, we did have a lot of players, a lot of coaching staff saying, just do your job. Yeah. And do you think that that like kind of killing your creativity kind of caused you to like kind of be a bit down in playing rugby? Because obviously you'd go and play men's rugby, not a professional league, no, just social you want to win, counties, that's fine. Counties two at Wasps. Exactly. Yeah. You played <laughs> level nine, level 10, le you know, around that level. Yeah. And you'd want to be creative. You want to, you know, uh, show people like, yep, this is how I play rugby. Yeah. It's also a fun thing for me. If I'm like, obviously, uh, I love my carries. I love my tackles. I love Jacqueline. I love doing my job. And I do do my job most of the time. The reason they tell me to do my job is because they see me doing other things which they don't like for my position but I've never seen a hooker kick I've, seen, I've never seen a hooker do a 25 meter pass I mean, that's that's basically what they're thinking this guy takes all the penalties bro no, but the thing is that's what they're thinking though but bro. if people the thing is I will let the 10 and 12 kick for touch yeah. if they're missing I'll be like bro give it to me innit and more time they do like they will like the captain the captain at wasps like sam he will he will literally want me to do it because he mm. knows i have it and he's got his head screwed on to like actually do that and like other people some coaches maybe don't like that so i was playing mm. twos rugby last year while i was at doing my final year of uni which wasn't ideal because i was always told when I before I went to uni, I was always told when you come back, we'll put you straight into the ones. Like, like when you come back, like for a weekend, we'll put you straight in the ones. Like, we'll be happy with that. Like, we'll put you on the bench. Cool. I mean, I come back from uni, and it's like you're playing for the twos. Like, yeah, I think that's just a lot of them were kind of hardwired to try and keep you around the club. But for me, I I never had that bias. I'd always I'd always come back from uni. I'd be like, yeah, you're starting. I was like, oh sweet. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I did kind of. Coming back to it, I'd always say, oh, if I was to ever go back to Wasp when I'm a bit older, I wouldn't want there to be like a sort of prejudice. Like, just don't make me pay my subs. That's the one thing I don't want to do. I mean, you don't have to pay your subs if you go back to the level you play at now. Exactly. What, what's the what's the rule now? If you play level, level six level and above, six or above, you don't have to pay your subs. At exactly. Wasps. So when I get when I go back when I'm 30 years old or 32, I don't know. Is that your plan? 30, 32? 30, 30. So basically, I'm thinking 28, 29, I might go back to Wasp. Oh, uh, also. Last golden years. Yeah, I'll do five. I, I'm hoping five more years of playing this level rugby, get promoted three times, go championship. You know. Yeah. The, realistically, the dream, the dream. realistically, 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 
level five, level four. I'm 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 content with that. Yeah, I mean you lot you lot are looking to get promoted this year. Yeah, we're so playing nice top of the table. You're playing OPs tomorrow, aren't you? OPs tomorrow. Yeah. Old Priorians. Uh, I think they've they're third in the table. They're doing well. My mate, my mate plays for them. He's uh. He used to go to Benny's. So. Of course. Of but course. Most, he went most to guys from OP. Most, from yeah, no. But OP's is Benny's old boys. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair I fair think fair. Matt Delaghi was meant to be in old P's, but I think he's injured. Okay, yeah. You know Joe Simpson? I know Joe Simpson. He played one game for them and then disappeared. <sighs> Do you know who, what I find interesting? Billy Twelvetree is playing. At Ealing. Yeah. At Ealing. There's <laughs> <laughs> a rug, rugby goss. Right, uh, the Noors. West London is what we're here for. Exactly. That's where it's, I'd love to see them in the Prem. Oh, that'd be wonderful. But you know, it's apparently just. Apparently, there's a. Apparently, they might be going to the URC. To URC. Who? Yeah. Ealing. What? A- apparently, Ealing and Wasps are in talks to go to the URC, because the, obviously, I mean, the RFU is in a bit of tatters right now, isn't it? Mate, every f- mm. rugby will cease to exist in this country in the next ten, fifteen years. There won't be a professional sport. If it, it keeps go, if it keeps going the way it is. That's why we just got up the rugby league. <laughs> Always the rugby league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. So let's get back onto topic. Uh, oh wait, just one quick question. Sorry. Don't apologize, go for it. <laughs> no, um anyone important any any factor, any important person in your rugby playing career growing up as a youth? Anyone that, that shaped you that ha- has had a big impact? I could probably name two. One's obviously got to be my old man. Exactly. Yeah. Like my old man's been. That man does not miss any games. He. Yeah. The only time he miss a game is if he's got. I know. Way on a business trip or, or somewhere like doing right. something. But His he, hands are completely tied. Exactly. But he is always. He is always there for me watching rugby. He will watch every game I'm at. He will even if he doesn't want to be there. He'll, turn up, ten minutes before the game. Like without me, I'll drive myself. He'll turn up ten minutes before, watch the game leave without saying anything to me like he'll chat to me when i'm home like that's how much he wants to watch me play that's it it's like and who's the other person then? who's the other one um i mean someone that you guys know very well as well um martin he was martin crossman when i joined middlesex under 13s he was the coach and 14s 15s 16s he wasn't the coach and then 17s 18s he's the one that got me He's the one that advanced my game for me to to play well for Middlesex, to get London and South East. And then, I mean, I don't know, maybe if I didn't get concussed, push on to England counties. But but he did get me to the level where I needed to be. Yeah. And then obviously the season after, he came to Wasps. And you were like, oh. And to are. be fair. I knew it was in progress. So. To be fair, Martin did tell me, like, yeah, no, I've done a lot of work with Osama. I was like, well, yeah, you... You were Middlesex, so and it was very different as well because obviously we're minors when we're back in middle when we're Middlesex youth. So he's not allowed to he's not allowed to be his complete self. Whereas when we get to men's, he's allowed to do and say whatever he pleases. Exactly. And then you get to see what what an even better coach he actually is. Yeah, Martin's a great guy, man. Yeah, yeah. Quick I one. Him as well, yeah. Quick one. Did you take that out of the fridge to Sprite? Yeah, it was the uh, last one. Ah, f- oh. he was, he was <laughs> <laughs> no. He said there were no more, and I, I like, didn't. I thought there were no more left. Yeah, I know, but you lied to me. I didn't lie to you. I just didn't know, and you took the last one. Yeah, that was cans of cokes. I like Sprite more. Ah, oh. <laughs> can't believe that. Coke over Sprite, mate. Oh, Pepsi, I mean, Pepsi Max, Bebsy Max over everything. Yeah, yeah, Pepsi yeah, Max yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love some of that. So. 
So here we've ha- here we've had it. We've had you, your dad's, a brief history of your dad playing rugby. You starting to play rugby when you're six, or starting to being allowed to play rugby, being six, going into playing tag, six, seven, eight years old, and when you're at nine, finally starting getting some contact in, being the lowest throwing hooker in the league for a couple of years because no <laughs> one was allowed to jump, yeah. being at Wasps, being in the DPP program, being at Middlesex being taken out and then being put back in going into being a center then being like do you know what i have the skills but sack that going back to playing a hooker and now we had you playing your first twos game where you won 17-7 against Witten, scoring two tries and now we're going to go into the next stage of your life which is important for every rugby player if you're not in academy or into anything like that going to uni yeah so like you said at the beginning, you went to the same uni I did, which was Loughborough. And whilst you were there, they've implemented a fifth team. Was there only four teams when you were there? I'm not that old, eh? <laughs> nah, there was only four teams when I was there. Four teams, including including the Natsu side? Yeah. So we have six teams then? We have, well, the Natsu side doesn't count. They're more of a they're more of an eyesore than anything. Okay, no, they're not. No, it was so it was five teams in total with the first team and the Bucks, uh, with the first team and the national team basically being interlinked with each other. But they they put out different squads every week. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And then having another Bucks twos, Bucks threes, and Bucks four. And when Osama was there, having Bucks five. Yeah. So during the first year, your first year of uni, you get to Loughborough, and what's the first thing you notice about the sports there? heavy there's a lot of sports there there's a lot of sporting facilities there's um everyone's there's just that entire town is just full of athletes and it's amazing it's just obviously i'm a sporty guy like growing up i played rugby cricket football just anything i could get my hands on like i would play so having a, a sporty place where i could go to the stadium and watch a football game where i could just sit on the lawn and watch the cricket and then also play rugby myself like it was ideal and during your first year at Loughborough you didn't make it onto the rugby team am I correct I didn't how do you know that you told me oh, did I? you told <laughs> me yeah no thing is though it was uh being a hooker it's not like being a prop second rower a flanker or back rower nine ten fifth like you know there's only one hooker yeah per starting lineup and you mentioned it to me a while ago that it, the competition was was heavy for being a hooker it was for some for some odd reason, it was like, "Yep, hookers." This season, we found a lot of them, and yeah, no. What was it like trialing for Loughborough? So I went to the trial injured, but I did the warm up, and as I was doing the warm up, I felt, I felt a little twinge in my knee, and I thought, "Okay, I'm not going to trial." So I sat out that trial, and then the second trial was a game based trial. So they put everyone into teams, and you might even play out of position in your team, but you play and they just see your rugby and so I played in that I played maybe 20 minutes because I obviously I didn't do the first trial so I came off the bench for whatever my team was at the time and played about 20 minutes played all right not not enough clearly to show that I could get in so so I didn't get in and yeah that was it how did you deal with that setback and the disappointment of not getting in I first obviously spoke to my father about it and then I actually did message Martin I told him that I didn't get in and what I should do next and he suggested I join a local club so I 
then went and played for Loughborough FC of playing on in muddy Midlands conditions, which was horrid. But Less than ideal. Not very much. Yeah, exactly. Always good for a hooker to have muddy ball 24-7. Exactly. Got to carry ta- got to get my subs to carry towels around so I can dry the balls these days. And it's not even that. It's it, the hooker, even if he throws a good ball, if the second rows or the back rows can't catch in the air, it's the hooker's fault. Nah, I get a bit more power than that. I shout at my second row defenders. <laughs> if they drop the ball and I throw a nice straight one, that's on them. You're like, mate, come on. I'm doing you a favour here. <laughs> no, exactly. But um, also with Loughborough, they have a very strong halls. IMS, Intramural IMS. Sports. Yeah, there you go. So how it is, is there's 17 halls at Loughborough. So each hall has a team. And I was in Kaylee. What hall were you in? I was in the towers. Were you? Yeah. I've never been inside towers. I've been inside towers many a times because I lived there. Well, yeah, for sure. Two years. <laughs> On the second year as well. I was a sports secretary for the second year. Were you now? It was terrible. Towers was... look scary. Honestly, the nineteenth floor isn't that bad. Oh yeah. The second floor is pretty bad. I can imagine. I literally, I uh, whilst I was still single and brisk in my in my young age. I persuaded a young lass to come back with me. I was like, yeah, I'll show you the top floor of Towers. And she's like, oh, so what do you say? Second floor. She just left straight away. <laughs> she was like, no, I came to sleep on the top floor in Towers. If you're not there, I'm leaving. And I was like, ¿Qué pasa? Oh, she had some standards. She, she had some, st- yeah. Mm. It didn't- no, no one below 16th floor. <laughs> no one below 16th floor. I was like, but I'm six foot one. So is everyone else. Dang. You're right. <laughs> well, you guys are laugh, bro. I forgot that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you know what it is? When I'm wearing my when I was wearing my AU stash in Loughborough, like everyone would look at you like nice. But then you come to London, I'm wearing my AU stuff in the gym. No one bats an eyelid. It's like what? Why is this saying Loughborough Students Union Rugby? What is that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, why are you wearing purple? It's not purple. It's African violet. African violet. Mate. They drilled that into your head, eh? It's like they, honestly, they, they love the AV up there. They love the AV. Have you seen the new kit for this year? The AU kit? No, I haven't. It looks very nice. I Ooh. wish I was wearing that last year. Oh my god! In all honesty, so I think my uh, the cookery before you came in, yeah, it was very soft. It was like exactly. way softer. Like they kind of transitioned to make it a bit more like, like you know, smooth as like a bit more like thinner. Yeah, the kit we wore last year was the new ones. There, those are nice. Yeah, well, don't, like, don't like the colors though. Before it was African violet and white. Then they changed into African violet and like. Grey? Oh yeah, it's grey now, yeah. It's black, grey shorts, white top. But it's always a white top throwaway kit, right? I, how does a white shirt and grey bottoms go together? You'd be surprised. They're, they're not colours, they're shades. Yeah, that's true. But they do, like, I mean, I was wearing it, I thought... It was oh yeah, fair enough, cool. It was like grey socks, grey shorts, and then the white top with like grey, grey trims on it. Mm. Which is quite nice. So... Going into Loughborough, what do you think about their their social side? Like, their actual social, socialising, everything, going out, drinking, like... The social uh, side of what? Like, sports or just the social life in the town? Social life of sports. We don't care about, we don't care about your actual social life. We care about sports-related so social talking life. About, you're talking about Wednesday nights. Hey, you. Hey, hey you. you. I did go to hear you a couple of times, but obviously that's not really my kind of vibe. I'm not really into the whole clubbing culture. But, yeah, 
I mean, I didn't really socialize that much. I mean, I made, I mean, I did freshers. I made my friends, and then we all just kind of hung out with each other. That was kind of what our our vibe was. But I mean, went to Firefly a couple times. Tarek's just confused. This these Firefly are is a is a bar slash club, but not really. But it's uh, not worth your time to you shouldn't uh Loughborough's nowhere in Loughborough's worth your time man. exactly do except you know for the, except for the gym <laughs> mm. this man knows what he's talking about <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i the only only time i ever went out in Loughborough was to get a takeaway from somewhere do you know what i mean fair enough and uh, yeah what do you think about the rugby team socials do you think they were kind of like degrading to some some extent i didn't go to them because i'm not involved you're not I'm involved. Not involved in that stuff. Mate. My, I mean, we went up to. The only time I had a kind of an inkling of, because I know what goes on. We all know what goes on in rugby socials. We've all seen the internet at uni, right? And I mean, we had a last November. It's coming up to a year now. We had a fixture up in Dundee, so what Scotland? In Scotland, yeah. Okay. So we left on the Tuesday about ten a.m. We left to go up to Edinburgh, and we had the netball threes girls sat in the back and we were there doing our quizzes and stuff just on the journey up i was it was world cup time so i was ipad in front of me watching argentina saudi arabia it was at the time the one that saudi won one nil i remember that very vividly oh great game very good game and these lot were just doing what they do and i was like this way up's fine the way back is going to be the one that's not so fine it sets apart the boys from the men no for sure but anyways, played the game, came back from Dundee to Edinburgh to pick up the girls. And these lot were in their kilts, the, the dudes, by the way, in their kilts, no boxers. Yeah, of course. Flying around the bus, like on the way from, I mean, I, we had, didn't actually go to Dundee. The game got changed to St. Andrews. Oh. So we played at St. Andrews and then we came back to Edinburgh. And in that journey, I was sat around the boys and I felt so uncomfortable just because like... I'm not drunk, so I can't enjoy this. This isn't fun it's, for me. It's not even that. I think even when I was intoxicated, I feel like some of the things the boys would do on the coaches on the way back, it just, when you look back at it, you're like, this is actually pretty revolting. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I fell asleep on the floor of the coach once. I woke up and the first thing that gets dashed in my face is just like dark fruit, dark fruit strongbow. <laughs> and you're like, get this is, down, get it down here. And you're like, this isn't that appetizing. This isn't that like I don't want the first thing that I do is to start drinking. Yeah, after you've passed out. What was what was that like from a religious perspective? Because it's such a big contrast being around yeah. this alcohol and people do you know intoxicated. What do you know what though? I'll give it to them. Those boys really respected me. They, I don't know, say these lot love getting in the showers together, right? I'm I'm not doing that, am I? So they will respect me by just leaving me out of all of their antics. It's like, they were a good bunch of lads to me. So they had their fun, whatever they wanted to do, but then they kept me out of it as much as they could, mm. just because, and honestly, that's that's what made my friendships with them, because I still speak to those boys now. I still have them on social media. Obviously, we're not, we wouldn't be in the same friendship groups, because my friendship groups aren't like that. But we have an understanding, like a mutual respect to each other. Mm. And I really appreciate them for that because so, they made me feel comfortable in a place where it wasn't my kind of scene. 
that's that's amazing. Yeah. That must have really made your experience a lot easier. A, a lot, lot easier. A lot easier. I mean, it helps Con- when you're considering. Play- helps when you're playing well as well. That's <laughs> 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 like we're not. You reckon, gonna- you reckon if you didn't play well. What if you I didn't play like if you didn't play well, do you reckon that would have affected how they treated you, or do you think it's I mean, a mad question when you think about it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, a lot, a lot of the respect came from that, from playing for Pakistan. Oh. they come up to me like so. One time, I was unwell and didn't go to training, and then the next training session, or not even the next training session, like we went to watch like the Nat Two team on Saturday, and everyone's coming up to me like, "Osama, you play for Pakistan. You play for Pakistan," and I'm like how do you guys just know this all of a sudden? So apparently my coach started, went and told everyone when I wasn't at training that I played for Pakistan. It's like, he used to love it, my coach. He was he was maybe like 23, 24, but he was the fours and fives coach at Loughborough. And he used to love the fact that I played for Pakistan. He, mm. He'd go on and on about it. But I mean, yeah, I made a lot of friends through those initial conversations, them coming to me speaking about that. And then I meet other people that, Maybe were in the fives that I wouldn't play with, but I would train with and that kind of stuff. But so, like, if we go back to the start of the interview, um, or interview, this conversation that we're having, interview, interview conversation, whatever you know, nice little chat, nice yeah. little tallywag little with the boys. Coupling, coupling, yeah. So you talked about how in your current club now, you kind of had some not issues, but like. Dr- no, difficulties I mean, they're the not issues. They're not more, issues, not issues. Yeah, they're more me trying to, wanting to fit in, but I'm not getting that in yet. So how, how, how is it, how would you compare like what you're currently dealing with now at your current club to when you were at uni? Um, I mean, at uni, everyone's kind of going through the same thing, if that makes sense. Like, we're all the same age. We're all, say, in freshers. Yeah. With meeting no one, meeting new people. Everyone's meeting everyone for the first time. And whereas here at Welsh, everyone knows each other already. So you're kind of like, I've, have you seen those memes on Insta that say when you're entering a new job, it's like coming into season six of a of a series. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. Cause that's sick. <laughs> that's so sick. That's kind of what it feels like. Because obviously, I mean, if you guys don't know about the history of London Welsh, they used to be a premiership team. Yeah. Obviously went bankrupt 2013, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember. I remember that. And... I don't know. I mean, it's probably like an open thing, so I'm allowed to say it. But they had a they have this thing called Project Reset, yeah, which is still undergoing right now. So well, they started at the very bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, they just reset everything. A lot of the players left, yeah. but a few of the hard hard ones are like, yeah, no, we'll stay. And they Project Reset was more of a it's more it's like a ten year plan, I think. Well, and they're currently on year ten. They've done pretty well. Yeah. Or how well, many? Then maybe it's not year. Ten. I mean. I think actually it might be it might have been more than ten years, but the plan was like, and it's all going to plan so far. So it was like it was like they were going to do five promotions, then a settling season, and then plan to get promoted again. So they got promoted five times last season. They settled in regional one, and then the plan says to get promoted again this year. And I mean, we're currently th- sat in third, but it's still early doors anyway. It's still because you've only have you only have one loss. It's still early in the season. We have two losses. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not today. Uh, yeah, we lost last week. Uh, I, I, I was playing for the twos that day, but yeah, we did lose. Lo- ones did lose last week to some to Haven, who are top of the table. We. It was. Do you know what's unfortunate? We were twenty. Twenty-two fourteen up yeah. at half time, and they scored thirteen unanswered points in wow. the second half. Yeah, yeah. I guess you say. Sure. I guess you could say. <coughs> you haven't seen that one before. 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Because teams called haven't. Oh, <laughs> you're away. That was a good one, to be fair. Nah, that, that, that flew straight over the dam. No, no, no. It's too smart for us. Anyways. <laughs> uh, you know what? So now that you've brought it up, uh, Mr. International, get that Jamaica shot. Get the Jamaica <laughs> shot. Oh, gosh. Oh, you should have seen. They gave us this one green shirt. That yeah, was here's your Jamaica so shirt. Nice that they didn't let us keep it. Oh. This was like the first time, the second time I went. It was like a Spider-Man suit. <sighs> yeah. you, you, you unlock it after catching all 50 balls in the area <laughs> no no just just hold it up okay T you grab one corner I'll grab the other corner yeah, don't go on my face though I've got a trim for this <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you so the green, the green what the green machine green machine he is it's the smooth like the moon and star on the sea yeah sounds like a, sounds so, like a good smoothie eh yeah <laughs> sounds like you know something with spinach and kale and what would you put health, health movies health movies Joe and the Juice kind of thing yeah, we, we, can, we can leave that yeah. um, right so there. you know what how, how, how did it come about playing for Pakistan how did that come about right so I just started uni yeah. and something came up on Facebook it was like uh, calling international players to come and play for Pakistan and me and my dad looked at it like what on earth is this? My dad actually tagged me in it. I was like, what on earth is this? Like, Pakistan is a rugby team. No way. So, obviously, I I signed up. I sent in my rugby CV, sent them clips, like, whatever they asked for. They asked for a lot of things. They asked, they asked for many clips. They asked for your bank details, your passport pictures. Maybe they might as well have the amount of money they take from us. But, <laughs> but um... It's a joke. It's a joke. We're joking. We're joking. It is all a joke. Um, but yeah, so I signed up to it and then they invited me over. So this was my first year of uni, so right before COVID. So this all got organised in November, December, and on the 30th of January, right after first semester exams, I flew out to Pakistan. What, 2020? 2020, yeah. Okay. It was 2020. And then, um, yeah, flew out, joined in with camp. It was actually quite. It was actually really good. The coach was amazing with me. He he was actually setting me up to start at seven at open side, and um, then we get and <coughs> obviously the COVID stuff. Thing. Like when I went to Pakistan that thirtieth of Jan, they were taking my temperature at the airport. And I'm like, what on earth are they doing? Like, like I knew about COVID already, of course, but like obviously none. We hadn't seen any of it in the UK yet, so mm. I'm just there like, damn. You like, are patient zero. What have I come to? <laughs> What's going on here? But um, yeah, we got an e- got a text message saying, "Oh, the teams that are supposed to be coming over to Pakistan to play in these internationals can't make it, so we've had to postpone it." And I'm just like, "I've just paid so much money to be here. Like, what do I do now?" So mm. I had to fly back after having maybe four or five training sessions, and pandemic. Pandemic happened. So obviously there was no sports for a very long time. This is when the TV screen just like starts doing white noise. And then we have to ask the question, how were you feeling without rugby? How was I feeling without rugby? It wasn't ideal. Um, Honestly, I just played PlayStation, watched TV and ate food, man. There's nothing else to do during the pandemic. It's so annoying because I... I did well, like in in my year thirteen year, I lost lost like twelve kg. Was in the best shape of my life going into 
my London and South East trials and all that. And then I went into uni looking good still. And then I got fat again. Hey man, you look you still look good, don't worry. I'm trying to trying to get to the best body of my life again, but hey it's, a work, it's a work in progress. You're still young, it's fine. For sure. So you had basically a year and a bit out of rugby. A year and a half basically, isn't it? Because we lost this season. That's that's the bit. Oh, which also which also made not playing for Loughborough not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I didn't miss out on much rugby in my first year. Because obviously they were all not playing yeah. rugby. So then it kind of like it was kind of a cushion to the disappointments. Exactly. But still disappointing nevertheless. I mean disappointing that I had to come back from Pakistan when I was set to start in a test match. Mm. Which is something I still haven't done to this day. Well, look at it this way. You got the shirt, that's all that matters. Exactly, come back with the stash, can wear it to the gym. Exactly. A lot of people, whenever I'm, we've got a Pakistan training top, like a white one, and I use that as a gym shirt. And whenever I'm in the gym, some Pakistani person sees me, they'll look at me like, it'll become a whole conversation. Like, Pakistan has a rugby team, no way, I never knew that. That's so amazing. <laughs> like, like yeah. I know cricket and hockey, but, but rugby? It's like, yeah. What's the rugby culture like in Pakistan? Those people are exactly like me, you know. Like, We'll go, we'll go training, like do hard training. Um, bro, when I, the training there, they put you through it. Mm. They make you do fitness two days before match day. I don't know what they're doing, but it doesn't work. <laughs> 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 but, but after like, but I mean, also the two times I've went, it's been 46, 47 degrees. Yeah, no, you guys train very, like you guys train as, as the sun is going down. It yeah. makes the pictures look very nice on Instagram. They, it mm. does. It does. Do you know what? It's we train at sunrise and sunset. So, the three hours after sunrise and the three hours after sunset. That's when we train, because uh, it's obviously the least hot in the day when there's still light. So, yeah, it's hot. It's tough. But then you're saying rugby culture, like the boys. The boys will get in the boys' cars. We'll go to this like dry fruit and fruit fruit and ice place or like. I've seen I've seen the Instagram. It was I think it was on one of your most recent ones where it was the evening and all I see is like, bro, that's that's a lot of food in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> just we, a, just a massive fee. Eh? Do you know what it is? Because that's obviously the foreign lads that come. The yeah. food for us is cheap there, so we're gonna try all the fancy restaurants because it's still cheap for us. It's the same as going and getting a Mackey's. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But um, yeah, we just. Eat yeah, and eat and yeah, eat. No, I understand that because whenever I go back to Serbia, buying getting a Mackey's or getting like traditional Serbian food, it's like it's cheaper to get traditional Serbian food, yeah. and it's better tasting as well, in my opinion. I mean, for me, it's whenever I go to a foreign, well, whenever I go to a Muslim country or Muslim-ish country, the first thing I'll do is go get a Mackey's, just because halal Mackey's. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But obviously, we're not having. Mackie's at the moment because of the current political situation. Oh, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. But nevertheless, yeah. Um, what were the dynamics like in for the you know the foreign Pakistanis and the like the native Pakistanis? So you could actually split the native ones off into their own groups as well. So there's a team that's in the capital, in Islamabad. Yeah. Then there's two teams in Lahore. Or maybe like two teams in Lahore, one team like just a bit outside of Lahore, and then one, and then the army. Yeah. So with the army in Pakistan, you're you can either be a soldier, which soldiers get deployed, go through all the training and everything, or you're an athlete. So if you're an 
athlete, an army athlete for a specific sport, you still get paid your wages, but you don't have to be a soldier. So imagine that, like, you know, you're like, you join up the army and everything. Like, look, do you want to go play rugby? Or like, do you want to go into the field? You're like, oh, I want to play sports. Please. I want to play sports, please. Thank you very much. But yeah, they, um, so they'll, so their army, like kind of regiment will be them in their sport. So they'll, but the thing is, those lads are fit. They, they can run for days. Didn't you have like a flanker who was about like two plus meters tall? Your captain. Our flanker. Who's or is he the second rower? To be fair, we we have one second row. He's he is not good at rugby at all. But this guy is just tall. He must be like six seven, six eight, and he's. I mean, these lot are actually out playing sevens right now. Um, Asia Rugby Sevens Championship. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So they're in Qatar right now playing. They beat Nepal this morning, and then they got battered by Thailand, and then the day two is tomorrow. By Thailand. Um, by Thailand. Mm. Yeah. Unlucky, eh? Serbia don't do that. Serbia just uh, play European sevens and sometimes wins. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Have you played sevens for Serbia? No. No. The thing is with Pakistan, they don't invite foreign people over for sevens. Yeah, because it's there's no point. In terms of like... I mean, there was a five-week camp though, so... Which oh, yeah. Is the same as, which is the same as for 15s. So yeah, but I feel like it's because seven. they have seven, they can have, it's easy to build up the 13, 14 odd players to play sevens than is to invite foreigners and to get them to do it instead. But they ain't good. It's not about being good or bad. It's about win or lose. Uh, but you have to be winning. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's, diff- it's different. Like, say, I don't know, playing here for amateur, like, cool, like, you want to involve everyone, have fun. Whereas over there that's an international team like you should be looking for the advancement of the country not all the little politics within the sport you know yeah what, I mean? what how does that make you feel knowing that like the only reason you're not being played is because of politics i mean should i sp- spell it out for you there's Please. four selectors coach manager the coach and the manager our coach is from south africa our manager is his bestie but he's also got a lot of power right and all four selectors had me as their first choice hooker. But then um, the coach and the manager seemed to have me as their third choice hooker. So they both obviously get the final say and they didn't put me in any of the matchday squads this time around. So I went there, trained. So they gave me, so that when I asked to come back, because obviously you, you ask, they don't invite you back. You ask to come back. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> you um, they they said we'd love for you to come back. There's only two things you need to improve on: your your speed and your fitness. So basically, they're just telling me, stop being fat. But um, you're but you're a hooker, eh? Yeah, but you can still be fitter. Do you know what I mean? Like, so so in January this year, I worked my socks off. I lost 12 kg in four months. Put on about 15 kg of muscle mass. You do, you do love the 12 kg, don't you? Yeah. 12 kg in the year 13. 12 kg this year is weird. It's weird. <laughs> like maybe a pandemic coming next year. Who knows? You like know back, back then, I went from 90 to 78. This time, I went from 110 to 98. So, Bro, oh, mate, you, you yeah. might just, you might. This, this is the start 
of pandemic number two, in my opinion. Now, <laughs> it's all it's my all coming together. You're gonna to go to Pakistan this time round again. Fittest you've ever been in your life. It's gonna be like, oh yeah, COVID 2.0 has resurged, and we're not gonna have a great time. Well, it's like one. I can get fat again. <laughs> oh, so <don't>. Standard <laughs> standard wise, what was it saying compared to like the rugby you've played here, saying internationally? Because it's not like it's a a tier one nation or something. It's a nation like. Tier 20 nation. Um, <laughs> do you know what it is? Physically, physically, these guys have it. Yeah. But you mean fitness-wise or like size? Both, both. Okay. They, they are. You look at them, you think yes, rugby players, like cool. But the skill set isn't there. You sure you're not talking about Serbia? <laughs> skill set isn't there. But like, I don't blame the boys. It's not the boys' fault. They work. They they help. Their work ethic is unbelievable. They want to improve as players. They want. They want to win. What's holding them back is, I mean, I'm allowed to say this stuff on video just because I'm not going to be invited back because of some things that have happened. But they, it's the higher ups. They are holding these boys back from advancing. There's so much politics going on within. Mm. It's like, it's like. The same as what the Pakistani government is right now yeah. is happening throughout all sectors of Pakistan. And the one that I'm involved mm. in is rugby, so I can speak on that. The higher-ups are r- ruining rugby in Pakistan. Hey, it's just it's just an opinion. You can speak freely. That's fine. Yeah. They, yeah, these lot, they do not care about the betterment of... They don't care about the betterment of the players. They literally will bully the players, beat them to the ground. They do not care about them as individuals. They do not care about them as a collective. They just care about getting a team out that will listen to everything that they say. And not everything that they say in terms of like these tactics, everything that they say in terms of like, I'm the boss of you. Do you know what I mm. mean? Like they want to be, they want to be in charge and have that control. Whereas you sometimes you just need to put your arm around the players and just be like, do this better, do this better, you need to go work on this, rather than treat or, them like... Or not even, to be like, it wasn't your fault, just, you know, that happened, not because of your lack of skills, it's because of the unreadiness of a, other players. For example, you know, like, your skill set, when you're playing playing on twos here, you know, was way above the level of the players around you, and obviously, if you have a winger who's fresh out, fresh out the stables, doesn't know how to really play rig that well, and they get a spiral pass from the midfield. Then they're gonna be like, "I wasn't expecting that." But then again, like, look, it's always good to speak out about your opinions about everything. And I mean, I did speak out to my coaches, which is probably why I won't be invited back. How how did um how did you feel like because I mean you're quite in quite an isolated situation of being all the way in Pakistan, however many hours away, time zones away, but then like having what you're therefore be affected by things out of your control how did you deal with that kind of stuff how, how did that affect you mentally i mean i'm mentally quite strong and yeah. you guys know me i will if something annoys me or if someone annoys me i will tell them mm. like i will with, with, with his words or his actions mm. yeah action it was a one-time thing it was a, one, it was a one-time it was a one-time thing a one-time bang Straight to the face. <laughs> well, that was after the game. What that about was the one time during the game? I got sent off for something that I did not do. <laughs> that was. I only heard the stories of that one. To be fair, I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't there. Ref said that I punched him in the face, but that just did not happen. Mm. And then oh, I went. Yeah. I went to my disciplinary, and they just said the ref was in the wrong, 
and I missed a few weeks of rugby for absolutely no reason. It was like if I punched him in the face, he wouldn't be here right now. He he'd be out. He'd be cold in hospital. That's it. I was like, so he why was, are you here? It's he like, don't know. He probably would have been, man. Why am I going to punch someone in the face mm. for no reason? Exactly. We've deviated a little bit. Yeah, sorry. What were we no, saying? No, no, no problem. But yeah. Oh, the mental part of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, so like I said, after the two games, I, I'll be honest, I stuck it on the coaches. Mm. I stuck it on them too, the coach and the manager. I just told them how it was. Do you know what it is? The boys absolutely despise them because they're both bullies. Really? They're bullies. They are bullies. But... They will mm. never speak out, so I had to stick up for them, while also sticking up for myself. And he decided, the manager decided to speak ill of my father, decided to speak ill of so many things that he just should not have said. And I was just sticking on, I was just sticking facts on them, and mm. and they couldn't take to the fact that someone was going against their agendas, someone was going against what they wanted, and especially a young individual like well, you know i'm the youngest in the squad like exactly like i'm the little baby but i know that i had to stick up for my teammates because because they're ignorant the manager said to me you're the only one that shows us disrespect the boys will never do this to us bro the boys are scared to say anything these lot talk so much about how how good rugby would be if you guys did not have any involvement in it like like when he said that to me i understood a lot more than i did before I started getting onto them, because I didn't think that I thought they knew that they were disliked and that they were. Some people have referred to it as a cancer to Pakistan rugby, but I, I didn't know that they didn't know until I, he said that to me. So they're ignorant in thinking that they're liked, that they're well. respected, but they are not respected. They they just listen to them because they have the power to kick people out yeah. if they do things like like what i did and it's kind of hard as well because i'm assuming in pakistan that with if you get blacklisted from playing rugby for the national team you're also going to get blacklisted playing rugby in like clubs as well you may i will turn up and play with my boys they can't stop me from doing that can they they can stop me from being in the national team but they don't they don't coach the clubs there so if i oh you're talking about those guys there yeah if they said something yeah they probably would be it's just it's, it's not like for you because obviously for you if they if they if they chat you know like you know if they say stuff you're like bro no one's gonna listen to you in england like like f off no exactly but obviously if the boys there they're kind of scared because like they're like look rugby's a major thing in our in our lives and if we say or do something against these coaches they can go to every other team because in the vicinity because obviously there's not that many teams in pakistan yeah i mean there's there's a lot there's quite a few to be fair but there's only five in the Prem, yeah. Yeah, the, f- five, the five Prem teams. Because obviously, wherever you are, you always want to play the top-level rugby exactly. in your in your exactly. area. Yeah. And currently in Pakistan, it's the Prem there. And if you're turn around to the national team coach and be like, look, you guys, a bunch of, insert curse words, F this, F that, you guys suck. They'll be like, cool, okay. <laughs> Enjoy not playing Prem anymore. You're like, what? No, 100%. That's mm. exactly, I mean... I mean, my dad said something to me because obviously I, I called my dad as soon as I did what I did. And he said, okay, make sure you get out of the country safely. It's <laughs> 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 like, just be careful, okay? And I was like, yeah, of course. Don't oh, there are spies everywhere. Yeah. Because well. I did actually say a lot of things. How did that affect like the group dynamics? Um, I, didn't having do it. A, I didn't do it. Not, not you, not you. I mean, like, not what you, not what happened yeah, between no, sorry, you and continue, the coaches. Continue, continue, continue. I mean, like between um, 
like with playing with players that were so fearful of the coaches and and what they could do. And okay, so you know what I was getting onto earlier about the different. Oh, we did deviate from that. Just like the army. The yeah, yeah, yeah. From the capital, the different teams, they have their own little cliques. Yeah. So they're all they all secretly hate each other but they're fake to each other's faces but then they're also sometimes real to each other's faces about how much they hate each other so okay. they're all like and then obviously as the foreign lads we're friends with all the individual groups oh so God. sometimes we'll hang out with the army boys most of the time we'll be with the islamabad boys because they're like obviously we're in lahore so they're also traveling so if we're in a hotel we'll be with the islamabad boys and then the army boys stay in army camp like somewhere else because we don't want to stay where there's no Wi-Fi and air conditioning and yeah. stuff. So we stay in the hotel with the Islam. But so like we get to s see everyone's opinions. So and then you, I don't think these lot know how much these lot hate each other. Oh God. So, but then we do. Oh, they, trust tell me. they tell us like, yeah, this guy's dead. This guy's dead. But then, but then everyone's opinions are different to everyone's opinions and they're all different to my opinions as well. I'm just thinking like, like I disagree with you, but I'm not going to say anything. Well, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, I know. It, it was very interesting because obviously they open up to you being foreign players, like because they see you as not. And the thing is, I wouldn't snake anyone, so I wouldn't. If someone said something about someone else, I wouldn't be like, "This is what they think of you," because they probably think the opposite of them. But they all, or they already kind of know that everyone has different opinions of everyone else. So they you saying this, the most like, sir surface level stuff right now isn't going to get anyone in trouble no exactly exactly were there any challenges you face being a, a foreign pakistani player and, and not just you but other foreign pakistani players um i mean not any major challenges i can think of obviously it's difficult going to somewhere where the culture is very different mm. the people live in a different way and obviously with the whole situation in the world going on right now in terms of like like I mean, obviously the cost of living crisis here, but like in Pakistan, the situation's not ideal. No. So people are spending less money. They're they're a bit more conserved, and yeah. it's I mean it's difficult. Obviously, especially like I mean I wouldn't say my family are wealthy, but coming from the UK to Pakistan, you it's are a big step up. you are considered rich with mm, the money you have. So sure. so but I could I could go there and spend as I wanted, even probably. Even more, even more than I wanted to here, but, but yeah, it was. I mean, it's difficult because you don't want to take, yeah, just don't, whole, just don't, don't money situation. you don't want to be like a, like a prick. You don't be like, oh, that's 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 easily affordable. I can like get you don't that. Wanna, you don't want to look like that to them exactly. Yeah. So they like like so the first time I went in, which was last year, so twenty twenty two obviously this whole situation wasn't arising and obviously pakistanis are very hospitable so the boys were buying us food they were doing like so much for us like like taking us to nice restaurants and doing nice things with us whereas this time around they were a little bit more like if we said we were going to this nice steakhouse they'd be like sorry you can't come it's a bit expensive so we actually got to the thing is we don't want them to pay for us. So the first time when we went and they just wouldn't let us pay, oh. we actually got ours back because we actually said, "Come with us, we'll pay for you." Yeah, because so, you know so we're not round. we're not tourists anymore. We we've like we've been here before. Like come through. <coughs> but yeah, so because we, it's not like we want to spend time with them. Do you know what I mean? That's why we asked them to come with us. So if they if it's money is the issue, they're not coming. Like we will happily go and pay for them yeah. to come out for dinner with us or to come to do something fun with us. So it was you saw the contrast of those two different times I went in, in the space of a year.
but yeah, I mean, in terms of difficulties, yeah, there weren't there weren't too many except for the heat. The heat was mm. awful. Obviously, like forty-seven degrees, like, Ooh. especially when it, w- there was one morning I vividly remember. It was a so Sunday morning. We used to do fitness, like we used to do a flush out, and there was no wind that morning, so the air was still, and you could not breathe. I was there doing fitness, thinking. Like I'm fitter than this. What's going on? And and then one of the coaches was like, "Oh, there's no, there's no wind." And then I realized, like, where there's not enough oxygen in the <laughs> air. Where we're here, just out of breath. And the coach is like, and the coach is like telling us, like, "You're all, you're all this, you're all that. You guys are so unfit." Like, like, bro, you running this, running this weather where there's no air, no heat. Like in this heat, so the like, hypocrisy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're so unfit. How about you run? Oh, bro, yeah, my, nah, all good, bro. My guy was sweating while he was walking, like indoors in AC. Like, what makes you think that he can run like we're running outside? Like, the hypocrisy was crazy. That's mad. Oh man, but so going from playing rugby at the age of six from tag. Finally getting contact at nine years old, learning how to be a good hooker in middle sex and being like, oh, I might be a center. <laughs> then saying, yeah, no, nah, sack that. Going back to being a hooker, playing the, well, doing the DPP, uh, development player program for Wasps, but not getting into the academy, but still playing for middle sex. And then playing, finally starting to play senior men's rugby, uh, going off to Loughborough, pandemic hits you're like yeah no nah, that's not the best thing to do having your first international trip for it uh for pakistan ruined in a terrible like situation yeah it was coming back to it you finally get into loughborough playing fours fours freeze three slash fours three slash fours uh meeting new people everything like that coming to and from playing a bit of wasps on the side going back to pakistan play training trying to get onto the team having a lot of like politics against you coming back finishing university starting to play senior men's rugby again at wasps and now finally let's go into the last bit of transitioning you to your new team welcome to the 2023 season with the new london welsh player osama how has that been you know what just just before we get into that talked about the start of your movie Let's talk about the middle. The middle of my movie. Yeah. There's no end to the movie though. Just letting you know right now yeah. because the movie's gonna keep going. When you but say like middle of the movie, do you mean like big action, main scene? The big main thing. scene in my movie. Like, if I need to give you examples, imagine jumping out of a plane into a pit filled with sharks, shooting fire out their eyes. This is the story of Osama playing rugby in West London. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you could be the voice on trailers, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Paris Offen. crucial bit the crucial part of my the part where arnie puts on the makeup is like it's time to hunt the predator 
I, I like that. Hmm. I mean, my life's been pretty. I mean, rugby sports wise, it's been all like straightforward. You know what I mean? But obviously, being around, being around an international match day, that's that's like up there. But that'd probably be a later scene, wouldn't it? But I mean, maybe in sixth form. That do you know what that transition, that that year thirteen year where. I was doing A-levels, I was playing Colts, I was playing men's, I was playing Middlesex, I was doing all of that stuff. That was, but once... That was like the come there, up, isn't it? That yeah, was the, yeah. yeah, that was like the turning point of my yeah. life, do you know what I mean? That's when Osama became him. He became Himothy. Himothy, I am him. He is him. But, um... That's a question I can't answer, man. One specific thing. There's Not so one many, specific thing. One specific scene, though. I mean, if so you were talking... It's, you know, when... It's like... Imagine you're writing all your thoughts down on a car ride, and... You're asking me about what happened at that Sevens tournament, innit? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> no, I'm not even asking you about that. But you know what? Now that... Now that you know now what? Now that, that you said now it... Now that we're there... Now yeah. that you said <laughs> it... I wasn't even asking you about that. I was waiting for some deeper philosophical shit. When I think shit. of some blow up, like, that's the only like. No, that could be the bit where things went down, and then you have to go on this redemption arc of like redemption. proving you know yourself what? before 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 you go and have that big final fight that you win and then happy ending. I don't even regret what I did. Nah, nah. To, to be honest, that wasn't that deep. But you know what? Okay, funny enough, Osama played in that sevens tournament we talked about in 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 Boyan's episode where Boyan had his. Thing. I cried. So <laughs> Osama, maybe, yeah. You cried that day. Wait, is this the same tournament? The same same tournament. tournament. After the final, of After the, the final. of the of the shield plate thing, the thing you put food on that you get when you don't win the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember. We did yeah. play in the final. And um, yeah. So in that same tournament, you cried because we, cause we lost. Oh, I had a lot of other things going on. Right, right. If right. you listen to our last episode. You, you episode, know. you will know the That's interview true. with Boyan Sasarik with Tarek Mustafa taking the reins of the podcast will be linked below. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh that was that was a nice little event transpired. You had how long did you have a ban from the club for? It wasn't that long, was it? It wasn't. I think I wasn't allowed to watch I wasn't allowed to watch like the Autumn Internationals or something that was. Oh, what a shame. And like which I wasn't gonna do anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I'm I wasn't gonna do it. Well I better oh, I better be upset about it. <sighs> oh no. Oh I, I no. had to be all remorseful in that. Darn. But like but the thing is all the people that were doing that were telling me off were all also on the side being like, I can't lie, like just like we like we like we like what you did, mm. do you know what I mean? Like So what what let, let's tell the if you, want to, I if might, you want to, I might have to give it a bit of context first because then okay. I look like a waste, man. Let's give it so, a bit of context. Oh, imagine the no context. Osama sucker punched him in the face and <laughs> ran away. So, our old Wasps captain, who... Shan't be named. Who shan't be named. Eddie Fogg. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Like, when we were... When I was coming up into that... Like, I was playing preseason with the men's and this guy would just shout at me like... Like I'm some waste man. I'm just like, why is he talking to me like this? Like, is this what is this what this club is? Like, just some older waste man, like someone, some guy ten years older than you, shouting at you for, for no reason. Like, 
like he just made you feel really small especially when you were like an 18 year old kid like it's your first it's about to be your first full season as a man and like this guy is just acting the way he does just dick on you yeah and later i realized because he left the club because he thought he was better than the club and ended up playing the division below we were at so well done mate hey man you you and i we got somewhere in this world yeah <laughs> right so still uh, anyway still <laughs> we still here though we in the same annex though loyal to the soil there you go Ooh, nice that's nice that's, that's nice, that's that nice. but um well, so yeah we played the sevens tournament and i it might have been a late hit. Was it a late hit? I don't remember. I mean, well. look, the referee blew for it. No, he didn't. He didn't. Then it wasn't a late hit. He didn't blow for it. He didn't blow for it. But I don't think it was a late hit. But anyways, I he tried to grub it through and I just hit him. Because I was like, it's an old captain playing for a different club. Like, before the game, I, to, to, I, I was going to crunch him anyways. Like, I wanted to. Anyways, I crunched him. Crunch. As I'm getting up, this guy rocks me on my jaw. Like, oh, he he hit you. Yeah, I thought game, you just. On the pitch, bro. Oh, I didn't even see so, that. So obviously, I grab him by his collars, and I have Martin on the side shouting, "Osama, don't do it, don't do it," because bro, I was gonna give him one back, but then I was like, you know what? Like, I, was, I look, I looked, I was like, watch after, watch what happens. And this guy, yeah, what you're not gonna do anything. He was better thinking that as well, you know, like you're not gonna do anything. Anyways, then we go and play them in the final, and I still kept my head then. And and oh, he fucking got the last try as well. Yeah. yeah he's oh, got, was that was. Or did he do the we offload? Were, no, nah, we, were, we were twelve all, I think. It was twelve all, all, and like that. this is this is what transpired. He got the ball. I was about to tackle him. A player's on the floor. I trip over the player, and he runs around. I'm there like. And then no. he goes and scores under the sticks. And then he starts gloating about it and as he well. Starts gloating. He did a little swan dive as well, didn't he? Yeah. And then, anyways, I had some of the boys rile me up afterwards like like if, like are you still gonna are you gonna hit him are you gonna hit oh uh, yeah br- are you brother you still gonna spark him yeah yeah and they were just like like oh come on, I'll, I'll be on your back i'll be on your back like let's do it let's do it and obviously i was i was what 19 i was like you know what yeah yeah like let me do it i don't think it's even age i think it's just the fact like obviously the guy rocked you first and then said oh i shouldn't be reacting though in all honesty but yeah. but all the events that led up to it you know you you have every right to spark your ex-captain We in the do face. not promote <laughs> violence on this podcast. We don't promote violence. We actually promote... Anyways. Love and hugging. Love and hugging. But, um, yeah, he was sat on the decking and I was like, yo, you and me car park right now. He was like, oh, behave yourself. Grow up, grow up. And I'm like, bro, stand up right now and walk to the car park or we're going to do it here. And, yeah. And then some swinging happened. And... And do you know what? I took a step back and everyone else took over. Like, it wasn't... I mean, I was, as as I do, mouthing off, which is what I normally do. <laughs> I don't, oh, yeah. I don't usually... My elbows don't usually go higher than that, unless I'm benching. But, but yeah, that happened. I got into a little bit of trouble, even though everyone... Everyone that spoke to me about it, like, everyone higher up, was... They were happy. Of, they were kind of praising me. It was it was like a oh he deserved that by the way. Like I'm glad you did that. Like that was good of you. I mean, it's one of those ones where you gotta keep face in public, but behind closed doors you can be like Well yeah, my disciplinary was recorded, you know what I mean? But like like when the recording wasn't on, these lot would not be talking about so what they Os- were saying on there. Osama, look, it ails me to say this, however, 
you're going to get suspended from the club from watching the Autumn Internationals and you're going to have some duties to do. Click. A bit of community service. Oh yeah, bruv. I was a bit happy you sparked man in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. It was a bit more, yeah, essentially. In other words, it was like that. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I shouldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look. Yeah, no. It we shouldn't have happened. Happened. We it shouldn't have happened like, I wouldn't do the same now. I would carry on doing what I do, which is... And, and, the, and this is where the montage starts. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And then, yeah. And then this is where the film has its climax. However, you're still 23. So there's no climax anytime. There's soon. no climax anytime soon because you're still coming into this season. And if we go by what you said by the plan is, hopefully in a couple of months' time, you'll be getting promoted, playing with the first team and going into level four. Yeah, playing that too. Mm. Now, that too, which is the same league that Loughborough ones are in. Look, Ooh. if you have... Any lesson you want to tell a young individual, let's say Osama from 20 years ago, if you could tell him something. I don't think three-year-old me. Can I was literally about to say that. <laughs> if if eight year, 15 years ago, Osama at eight years old, if you could give him any piece of advice, what would it be? Do you know what? I'd tell him to work harder. On his right hook? Not on my right hook. <laughs> on my <laughs> on um, just be more focused on rugby because, in mm. all honesty, like personally, I felt like I had the talent to get there, but then I didn't realize until it was too late that I didn't have like the height. So I had, so I wish I worked earlier to compensate for that in other ways, which has got me to where I am now. Which I, I mean without tooting my own horn. like I do feel like I have the talent to play. I could have had the talent to play Prem or like be a professional, but I didn't compensate for my height in other ways like some people would have. So I sometimes think about what if I had played nine? Like if I'd been a scrum half, because I obviously have the hands for that, I have the box kick for that, but... And the boxing. And the boxing, <laughs> but yeah. And, 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 the, and, the, and the chatty. The chatty and the chatty mouth, mouth yeah. yeah. And, and your I'm boys like, behind you too. And exactly. And just hold me back. I, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I love this sport. I understand this sport mm. very, very well. Like better than some professionals even. Hundred percent. And yeah, I tell eight-year-old Osama like, listen, try your hardest to go pro. Don't, don't start messing around with your mates. Don't be spending, like, until like three, four a.m. chilling with your boys. Mm. doing literally nothing like just so you're like with each other like yeah just go to sleep just go sleep wake up go for a run carry on going for runs because like mm. when i'm at my peak um i'm running i'm hitting the gym good i'm resting well i'm training well it's like i'm eating well but then obviously the lazy part of you wants to you know sit on the sofa with your mm. boys chatting away doing nothing like these lot smoking me just chilling there on my phone like and to anyone that wants to pursue rugby or get into any sport or pursue anything in life, in sport, whatever, what bit of advi- advice would you give? Pursue anything in sport. Or just anything, Do you know yeah. what? Just enjoy it. Like, the reason I play rugby is because I love it. Like, I love the tactical side of it. I love the hits. I love the carrying. I love the... I mean, we were talking earlier about how, how I don't get to be myself when I played wasps ones back in the day that's what made me enjoy rugby a little bit less so just 
express the way you want to play really mm. but also do your job sometimes i didn't do my job and, <laughs> and i wanted to do other things i wanted to be flashy it's like if you want to do the flashy do the flashy do what you enjoy but also make sure you do the things that you're supposed to do mm. and then yeah you'll enjoy it it's a bit of life advice in general life advice. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to carry the boats and logs every single day sometimes you can you can ride in the boat you yeah. can sit on the log don't i gotta carry it just gotta enjoy yourself osama balance balance, balance. osama thank you very much for coming on to the pod oh, thank you for having me yeah, it, it was it was a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure and to end it on fun fact oh god ah. you searched these up before no uh you know them hippo milk is pink do you drink a lot of hippo milk nah not a fan of strawberry so you the know, Nesquik, the Nesquik, milk. yeah, the Nesquik. Fi- no, hippo milk's actually pink. Is that actually? Yeah, mad thing. Mad thing. Anyways, cool that go. was the episode. Thank you very much. Um, like, subscribe, list underscore pod. Da 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 da. Osama, do you wanna put your at in? I mean, yeah, at Osama Aslam on Instagram, if you'd like. I'll put it into the link in the bio. Follow us. Buy our merch coming out soon. And I, I, I don't have, I don't have any ideas for the merch, but. It will be there one, soon. One day, one day. One day it will be there. <laughs> Thank you very no, much. That was <laughs> that was a new episode uh, for the visual for the visual learners and the visual listeners. Enjoy. Yeah, sweet, Cut. cool. <laughs> <laughs>